0: Hello, world, and welcome back for another ISSA podcast. Trainers talking truths. It's your co-host Jenny Lebel here with my co-host John
1: Bauer. How are you today, John? I am good, and I'm and I'm really excited to speak to our guest today. Uh, the topic we'll be covering is one that we get asked about quite a bit, and we do our best to give some good answers. But I have a feeling that our guest is going to be able to give some fantastic answers when it comes to the world of corporate wellness.
0: Yes. Okay. So I already told you, and some of you guys may not know. Yes, I'm in fitness now. I have been for 15 years, but my master's degree of all things is in human resources. So I am super excited to nerd out with our guests today, Um, but hopefully we'll get some great information and some direction as to what corporate wellness looks like and how you can get into it, um, the opportunities that are available in it. So I'm super excited to bring to you guys, Ms. Debbie Bellinger. Welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, super excited. Now you have a huge, extensive background. so, and it's more than just corporate wellness. So we'd love to hear from you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Born and raised Canadian girl, and uh, my career started in fitness. So I've done all the things from university fitness coordinator, group X instructor, fitness supervisor, fitness manager, manager of a center, private fitness clubs. So operations background is very extensive as well. And my career shifted from everything fitness to wellness. When I took my first role as director of wellness for a hospital system, as the first director of wellness on their payroll for a South Carolina hospital many years ago. And I brought all of my fitness skills with me, which were fairly extensive at the time. But I learned what wellness was, and what that what that meant to me in my career at that point was one being exposed to a very broad audience of individuals that were not fit, not fit, overweight, mm-hmm. out of shape, beginners, knee replacements, hip replacements, bariatric surgery, uh, much much older adults, lots of things that I really didn't have a lot of competency around, and so I learned by doing with my fitness skills and so I learned how to have personal trainers on my staff that wanted to work in different niche groups and get them you know skilled for it and I learned how to create wellness programs for our fitness members in our club and I also learned about community wellness corporate wellness and medical wellness and it was it was amazing it, it just my career had been like this, and then it went like that, right into this huge, broad space. And um, I've leaned into all of my fitness skills. I worked in a second hospital in North Carolina for nine years, again, as director of wellness. And in that role, I learned about working with physicians and allied health partners. So another skill set and growth thing was learning that to relate with allied health professionals you need evidence based data so i learned how important data was you cannot partner with a doc or take 2 seconds of their time if it's not qualified <laughs> yeah you know they don't care what debbie thinks it's got <laughs> to be based in science right um very blessed from there to be senior vice president of healthy living for 9 Wise in south florida then moved on to tucson and worked with an insurance firm i started my own company 2 years ago with just being tired of corporate. And I've used all my skills in my own company, uh, which has been a blessing at this point. So it's been an amazing journey. I've enjoyed all of it. I think the the core of all of my, my experience and my background is caring about people and using our skills to help people feel better.
0: Nice. I love that. And I love that you kind of branched off and did your own thing. Good for you. Thank you.
1: And I, and I just have to say, wow, um, I, I feel like I need to accomplish a few more things. My resume feels a little light compared to the work compared John. to yours. <laughs> yes, I, I need to get to work. Um, before we d- we dig too deep, we've said this word wellness several times. I don't want to make sure for our listeners that they're clear on what you mean by wellness.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, John. And I'll add one more thing. So wellness is the it's a comprehensive approach to taking care of people. Mind, body, spirit. That's what it means effectively, right? If we go one step further and we use the term well being, it basically highlights the holistic approach to taking care of people, but in a more dynamic fashion. So wellness is very static, it's a moment in time. Well being is an evolution, right? So if I'm working with you as personal training clients or nutrition clients, or I'm coaching Jenny, Wellness might be okay. Here's what you're going to do, Jenny. And I'll check in with you once a week. Good luck. Well-being is more this dynamic relational approach where I'm making sure that every day Jenny is feeling accomplished and on point with her goals. So it's there's this interaction of back and forth and sharing of information. So it's less do it by yourself and more embracing the person and the day over day lifestyle skills that are needed to have mind, body, spirit, health, basically, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah, it does. You're bringing like that coaching element into it versus like you said, where you just give them a plan and oh, I'll check them. You're still checking in, but maybe it's not as frequent. And as we know, humans are humans and they need... we, some of us need a little bit more handholding. Most of us do. And if Most you kind of let stuff go for a couple of weeks, like it might not get done. And then you check in in a couple of weeks and you have made zero progress. So now you're still at square zero, right? So I, I yes. equate that to like teaching a kid how to brush their teeth. Well, once you teach them how to brush their teeth and put the toothpaste, the little you know pea size amount on their tooth, if you don't check in with them, give it two weeks and come back and look at that child's teeth. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a mess.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're right? no you different than that. Teeth? Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, about yes. that. Can you tell? I yes. don't have kids, but I've had some experience with this with my nephew and some other little children's. Teeth be a mess. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your company that you started two years ago, DB Fitness and Wellness Solutions. You're providing basically advisory and education services for both individuals and organizations looking to incorporate well-being programs. Tell us about that. What does that look like?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's so fun because I'm able to use all of my Certifications and education, my degrees and my work experience and years and years of being an educator and a presenter. Um, I'm able to basically customize education opportunities for fitness professionals. And so what I'm doing with my company is partly um, within the education space, working with fitness professionals and fitness clubs, mostly the boutique clubs and teaching them how to expand their market by partnering with employers. So a lot of the smaller fitness clubs want to be in corporate wellness but they do not know how to take the steps to approach an employer and most particularly Jenny the HR director. They're gym owners. They don't they know they want to and they know there's need but they don't know the formulary of how they're going to make that happen. How to have a conversation with an HR director, what would be most important. So I'm spending time Coaching club owners, and I'm doing a lot of education with my master classes, one-on-one coaching, um, speak a lot of speaking on at the national conventions a lot. So providing education to fitness professionals who do want to expand their programs and services and offerings from training clients, coaching clients to more pro programmatic type offerings where you can go to an employer and have an eight-week program. Yeah. Right, there's nothing wrong with personal training, but there's tons more opportunities than that, right? So the more you have in your toolbox, the better you can grow your own business. And I think um, what I've learned in the two years on my own, in my my own company, is that there is a huge need for wellness education. There's not a lot of deputies doing wellness education that is simple enough that a fitness professional could say, "I just want to learn." Like John's first question, well, what is wellness? And honestly, who cares? Like why should we care? You know? but um, we do need to care because there's so much opportunity and need, and we are the health and wellness professional group to be able to provide what it is that's needed because physicians are too busy. so okay. it's 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 our landscape, right? And if we're not stepping in and doing the work, then who is? So I think it's our. Our responsibility to take steps to to do more in this space. I really do.
0: Yeah. So I would say, speaking of the need, too, can you explain, Debbie, why would a company, an organization of any size, want wellness? In why would they want their employees to be well? Right. What what mm-hmm. investment is it for them? What's what's in it for them?
2: Mm-hmm. So post pandemic, the employers and Most particularly, the small to medium sized employers, Jenny, are really struggling. We are not coming out of the pandemic with less challenges. We're coming out with a great deal more. And so, the biggest challenge for employers and and the reason why they are interested and need to be interested in employee wellness programming is the rising costs of healthcare. Yeah. Ernst, one of the studies from last year forecasted by the end of 23 that the healthcare costs for employer employers was going to rise 13.8%. So if you take the so what of that, a company of 300 employees and their year over year healthcare expenditures are going to go up by 14%, right? Their bottom line is now impacted by that amount. Those smaller to medium-sized companies are making financial decisions day over day, quarter over quarter, year over year as to where they're going to spend their money. And so let's say it's a small printing plant in a small county of 300 employees and their printing press machine goes down and they're facing capital expense of 300,000 to get a piece of equipment, which is their livelihood to run their company. But at the same time, their healthcare costs are going up at this rate. What eventually happens is Employers are realizing they cannot pre- provide the level of benefits to their employees anymore. And so, the shove, basically, the squeeze of the Oreo cookie, is that the cost of healthcare gets pushed down to employees. Yeah. Well, employees post pandemic have a voice now, and employees are jumping jobs like we've never seen. Mm-hmm. So, Debbie's going to look for an employer that has all the benefits that Debbie wants, which is workplace well being a great number of sick days, PTO, benefits that are robust covering well-being services like massage, a gym membership, so forth and so on. So it's a retention tool. So there's the financial distress for employers, it's not sustainable. And then it's a retention tool to keep your employees happy. So corporate wellness is a lot more than changing the health of the workforce. It's engagement, it's productivity, it's employee satisfaction and retention. And Jenny, you know better than I do on this call, how much that can cost when you're, we call it, you know, what's that revolving door? It costs so much. To replace an employee, so we don't want to lose.
0: John's run some businesses, some some gyms, where he's had to hire people. That's exactly what I was going to call out, Debbie. The cost, at the end of the day, the cost of bringing on and hiring, putting into a system like the HR system to get them into payroll, and there is a cost to that for an employer, right? And just because it's a big company, like for example Kellogg's or something or Honeywell, they still have a cost, right? And smaller companies, it's usually a larger cost per head. And then when somebody leaves a company, there is one hundred percent a cost. that um so it all comes down to the financial part and you're absolutely right it it gets very expensive
1: (laughs) yeah so hopefully hopefully everyone heard that right i mean obviously there's a lot of the the physical and mental benefits of just being more well but as as a as a business uh part of what we just talked about there was investing in your people not just again for their wellness but also uh, there, there ends up being a cost savings, or at least there can be at the end of the day. So as a, as a, as someone who would run a business, that's obviously a major point uh, to take away. Uh, now, now Debbie, you, you connected a couple of dots for me um, because the notion of corporate wellness is not new. I've been in the industry since an ancient time called the 1900s that you might remember. <laughs> and corporate wellness was talked about then as a uh, untapped market, and, and maybe we didn't call it wellness. Maybe we called it the uh, corporate fitness. Who knows? And and when I think back to it, I think our pitch just wasn't good enough. I don't think what we were offering was good enough for them to care. You know, offering an onsite boot camp every now and then probably just wasn't that exciting enough for them to want to uh, want to join us. And you're nodding your head because you've probably heard and seen these pitches before. And uh, I would imagine now that. Uh, when we're talking about how you might pitch some of this to some of the big, medium and small companies, your pitch might sound a little bit different. So my question is, what does corporate wellness look like for these companies? what is, what is you know what what can be the offering? what they what should they be excited about in terms of what they can offer to their people?
2: Yeah, that's a brilliant question, John, and a really great observation on your part. So you're right. It had a different feel and a different name. and it was you will see in the industry corporate fitness. And there are are companies that do corporate fitness like Optum, on-site fitness centers for an employer group. That's more of a corporate fitness model, right? Gym Pass that has discounted memberships to various gyms, that's a corporate fitness model, not corporate wellness. So really astute observation on your part, John. To answer your question, what we're talking about here collectively is the idea of what is a value proposition statement for our audience? What do you have that employers might be interested in? So let me frame that up. So the things that our, our audience need to know, and if you're not already um, aware, the top five things that are going to cost employers money, the pain points, as we call them, are obesity of their employees and the All the corollary disease processes that come with obesity, right? Metabolic syndrome is very complex. Multiple disease states are expensive. Obesity, mental health issues in the workplace, which have skyrocketed post-pandemic, musculoskeletal issues, because we have a hybrid workforce, and MSK issues, the cost of tech neck, shoulder pain, back pain, hip pain, pain leads to depression, more medicines, That's on your top three roster as well. And then you're going to see diabetes and likely loneliness and or hypertension. Okay, so if we look at what are the cost drivers for employers, all right, fitness professionals, what are your solutions? So just make dotted lines. Let's tackle one, obesity. What do you run in your company, John, where you could go to an employer and you could effectively state that you can help that employer with obesity at the work site? Now you're not going to say it like that because nobody likes that word. Yeah. So we'll talk about weight management, better nutrition. You know, we'll have some more warmer, friendly terms than an obesity program. What's looming right now for all of us as fit pros is where the anti-obesity medications fit in—the AOMs, the Ozempics, and the Wegovy's—and how we as health and fitness pros step in to receive clients and employees taking those meds and teach lifestyle education for the rest of their life. You might get a kickstart solution, but do these individuals know what they need to do for the rest of their life? So to answer the question, John, it's mapping what is John able to do with this company to help with obesity, mental health, MSK, diabetes, hypertension, loneliness. So, if you in your value prop can say the following, I run programs and maybe it's a boot camp with 15, 20 people all at the same time, and I can bring people together and have a good time at work and build engagement, and employees can meet one another, and it could be by Zoom too, however, you're doing it. You're creating engagement for the workforce. That's a benefit, right? Yes, it's exercise. Yes, it's a health benefit. We're going to lean into some of those other front end loaded benefits. If you could also say, John, oh, I can do my boot camp for you in a hybrid fashion. I can do it via Zoom. I can come to your office and do it, or we can meet in a local park. You now have a value prop that you offer hybrid solutions. Even better, you might be able to offer the employer your on-demand exercise library for the employees who can't make the time that you're offering. Mm -hmm. So these are all the value prop things that an employer to take you seriously and go how are you going to help me john well here's all the things i can offer and that's just scratching the surface does that help
1: absolutely absolutely and you know already that pitch is so much better than some of the ones i was a part of uh, you know way back <laughs> when and and yeah i think it sounds like what you're trying to do is you know give them this information give them this offering and then make it make it kind of easy for them to to get involved in it uh, however they're willing to get involved and, uh, you know, I think that's true of, of, of fitness in general and for a lot of our clients. But in, in this instance, with uh, with corporate wellness and corporate fitness, I think it's especially true. We want to make things easy. Jenny, you're raising your hand. I'm my hand you. is
0: up. Oh, my God, Jimmy, <laughs> I have so many questions for you. OK,
1: so question, though, when somebody and I want
0: to know in a second here, like who with if somebody wants to get their foot in the door with this, like who do they talk to? How do they reach out to these companies to actually get their foot in the door and speak to the right person? But before we go there. Would part of their pitch also include, here's how much money I could potentially save you? Does that involve, like you talked about data earlier, does that involve doing some potential research saying that, you know, employees who exercise are this much this much less likely to go to the doctor or have to be on medications and like how that could impact their healthcare costs? Is that something that we would potentially pitch as well? Or do we stay away from the numbers?
2: You can, Jenny, but you have to be very, that's a brilliant question. <laughs> You have to be very selective in your language and your words and your commitment. Okay. So we lean more into cost avoidance and cost savings. So it can look like doing your research. Here's a good stat. You can never say, I will save you a certain dollar amount. You can't say that. Yeah. And this, yeah. this, if you go and Google corporate wellness and you see it's a three to one um, ratio and savings, don't listen to that. There's there's no proof of that. It's just because each corporation is so unique in its setting, you can't offer that kind of data. You have to do the work and understand the employer-specific data. But here are a couple of metrics you can research and hang your hat on with integrity. One would be the cost of an emergency visit. So if you go to the emergency department, the average cost to go in will cost an employer somewhere from $3,000 to $7,000. Right? So if you have opportunity to keep your employees healthy and well, and they understand how to source healthcare, why we go to urgent care or use telehealth versus in the front doors of the emergency department for the sniffles, this is good education, right? So that's a little more clinical. So you can provide certain data sets, but it's a generic conversation of cost savings and cost avoidance, whereas employer, as employees get healthier, we can move the needle on certain things.
0: Makes sense, yeah. So don't be too specific because you can't guarantee those numbers because then what happens in six months or a year when they look at their numbers, their books, and they say, well, you didn't save us this much. You only saved us this much and you lied, right? Right? You're making stuff up essentially at that point. but speaking yes. of, let's circle back to my other part of that question. If somebody is interested in getting into this, um, and we'll talk about some of the education that you offer too for somebody who, who needs mm-hmm. that, that background in this, but mm-hmm. if they want to get their foot in the door, what does that look like? I mean, you can't just walk into a, you know, a Chase Bake branch and be like, hey, where's the manager, right? <laughs> who are they talking to or who should they be reaching out to? <laughs> yeah, and what good that luck like? with that. Yeah, right? <laughs> let
2: me see you pull that off. <laughs> Even for you, that would be hard. I know. All right, let me give you some quality answers to that question. The strategy now is what we're talking about, right? And in this day and age, cold calling is a massive no-no. Please do not do that. You will leave your integrity at the door, right? So in our business, it's always been, but it's more, much more paramount now. It's about relationships. So the low-hanging fruit for us as health and fitness professionals who own our own companies, run our own businesses, would be to look within your existing client base? Who are you coaching? Who are your clients? Who are you training? Um, if you're a dietitian, who are you providing nutrition coaching to? Right? If you're a trainer in the gym, the members and clients all together, who do you know in your circle of influence that own companies that have employees that they already love and trust Jenny and John? So if Jenny and John, announce that they have a new corporate wellness program and can do education at the work site and this, that, the other, they already love you. So it would be easy and honest to have the conversation say, well, what are you offering, Jenny? Yeah, I might like to bring that for my company and let my employees have access to personal training at work and health coaching and education, lunch and learns and a health fair and blah, 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 right? So the low hanging fruit really is, who do you know? It's all about relationships and finding the right people. And it, if it's if within that audience, it could also just be someone like one of your clients, Jenny, could be loving what you're doing with them in personal training. And she might say, he might say, oh, I would love to you know, have this at work for my colleagues. Can I talk to my HR director? Will you talk to my HR director with me? Maybe we could make this happen for my company. It can also work like that. You just need an ambassador. Mm -hmm. An in. Right. Versus a cold call, because that that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's not the solution.
1: Agreed. That makes sense. Yeah. So listeners, hopefully you heard that correctly. If you're if you're the greatest trainer in the world that no one knows about, then so what? So you need to build a network. If you want to have this great corporate wellness program grow, you're going to have a network of people that trust you. And I don't know about you, but I generally, if someone cold calls me, I I not only not trust them. I, I'm like the other the other end of trust. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to hang up as soon as possible. So definitely build that network. Debbie, you're you're part of the executive advisory board for Club Industry, so you're you're definitely deeply involved in the industry. Um, how is this contributing to to your mission? Are you are you bringing insights? Uh, to them because there's only one Debbie you know and uh, this mission is much bigger than than the three of us and ISSA and and your company it's it's a it's a very big mission so what what sort of insights are you bringing to them and what sort of traction are you getting
2: that's a a wonderful question thank you for that so i serve in the capacity of filling the corporate wellness advisory role and the medical wellness advisory role so i'm a little bit of a unicorn in the fitness industry because I do have the fitness background and the operations, but I also have an extensive medical wellness background, having worked for two hospital systems for 23 years. So I can connect the dots to the greater good of population health, the health of a community, right? How we connect all that. And I see all sides of our value. I see all sides of how we can make impact in our community and improve the health by having a gym or a business so those are the roles that I fill, and uh, I was very blessed to be a contributor to the 2023 trends report to comment specifically on my projections, what I believe to happen in 23, both in corporate wellness and medical wellness. Um, so serving a little bit as an advisory role, having worked in it, just what do I see future state for us in those particular tracks?
0: Nice. Yeah, that's awesome to have somebody like yourself in that role, um, too, because like I mentioned before, my HR degree was in 2011 was when I finished, right? We are now 12, 13 years beyond that. It looks very different now. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody who's experienced in both the medical side and the actual corporate wellness side, like you have a little bit of insight into what do employers want? What do employees need, um, which mm-hmm. is why I was asking you about like we were asking what does that program look like? Because mm-hmm. Debbie, would you agree that m- maybe next year in 2025, what employees need, what employers are interested in, it, it's gonna shift, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah, gonna it's shift with whatever's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's it's constantly changing and in flux. So speaking of, you have some education um, and some master classes that you've created for fitness professionals and people looking to get into this. Can you tell us a little bit about the education that you've created, how you've adapted it to what's going on now? And yeah, give us a glimpse of what that focus is on for these guys.
2: Yeah, sure. So I created the first masterclass was basically a brain dump of all that I had learned in creating a half million dollar business for the hospital in North Carolina for corporate wellness. I did not have a sales team. It was me. I was responsible for creating corporate wellness for the hospital. So my first role was, these 4,500 hospital employees are yours, Debbie. Make them healthier. So work with HR, look at the benefit plan, fill the gaps, and create opportunity for employees to be healthier at work, which was great fun. It's hard work, though. But behavior, and the reason I say that is, my HR team was amazing. That wasn't hard behavior change with human beings. It's really hard. Could you please be healthier, right? Drink your water. Anyways, um, so the first masterclass, which is approved, it's CEC approved with ISSA. So I have CECs with ISSA, ACE, AFA, and NASM. Because I've been an educator my whole career, I really do believe in providing continuing education credits. And I wanted to be working at a level it's not, Debbie said, to have the backing of professional organizations in the industry to say, yes, this is a recognized course of quality content, right? So the first one is how to break into corporate wellness. It's eight lessons. It's on Kajabi now. So there's a self-study option, but I do, I do run it live. I'm going into cohort seven at the end of January. And I thought I would sunset it, Jenny, after I did the Kajabi project. But the magic is in the live class. so I don't want to sure. give it up. It is it's it's meeting all the rock stars of different backgrounds and it's all health and fitness professionals, but from across the country and then we have our community and people help each other out. and I don't I, I just don't want to stop with that. It's a wonderful eight week class we meet every Wednesday at 1 pm. Inclusive in the eight weeks. I'm teaching you wellness trends, corporate wellness trends, how to create employee wellness programs, the latest and greatest in what corporate wellness looks like. This is very different now. Yeah. I have a wellness lawyer that comes to teach the legal considerations of corporate wellness. I don't, I don't touch that topic and I do a lesson on how to write your value proposition. You do a SWOT analysis as a homework assignment and then I do a one-on-one private coaching with each participant with their SWAT to help them build their business. And that's that's a lot of the magic. And we talk about pricing, how to price what it is you're about to sell, how to bundle, and how to write your proposals. So it's it's all the business skills to making the step to approach an employer group.
0: Love it. Debbie, you're over here checking all the boxes, all the questions that John and I get asked every time. Well, how do I do oh, this? Really? How do I do
2: this?
1: How do I do? like you just check all the boxes? I love it. Yeah, I can't. I can't stress to uh, to our listeners how important everything she just said was. All all the all the education and just quite honestly, in some cases, just a heads up on some information that you never would have known unless you uh, got got the proper education. I, I you know I recently saw a report that a lot of fitness professionals feel like they're getting enough education through the snippets they see online. First of all, no, you're not. No, you're not. Secondly. Uh, having a course where you can not only learn information but also get some mentorship live from a person who has been there and done that—that that is as mm-hmm. important as it gets if you're really truly trying to uh, grow your reach and grow your business and 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 grow your practical know-how uh, in the profession. So, uh, so I would urge you all if, if getting into corporate wellness is something that you're interested in, this is absolutely something you got to check out. Yes.
2: Thanks, John. Thank you. Yeah. The second masterclass is. An eight-week live via Zoom as well. It's the same model, and it teaches our participants how to create their own signature wellness program. So, if you've never created a wellness program and you want to learn all the nuts and bolts, it is also a CEC approved masterclass, and it is also endorsed by the Medical Fitness Association uh, because I'm I'm teaching you how to be rock star. You you have pre and post assessments. You have data. You know how to write a scorecard. You have Waivers in place. So it's not a crapshoot of a program, it's quality. And anyone that comes into my world, one of my missions for creating my own company is that if we've had time together, I want you to feel like you've grown some and mm-hmm. learned some. And like John said, had a little bit of mentorship where you're like, oh, I can, I can do this, you know? And if I have questions, I know who to speak to. And I think in our online world today, there's a little bit of gold in that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. The interaction is what I think a lot of people are looking for. But in the state of the world today, everything is kind of virtual. So I love that you're still doing that live option. It's one reason why we offer live course options, too. Um, right, for right. And they, they love the engagement, which is mm-hmm. awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. And then so you, I guess also
0: have, you have a wellness academy for fit pros, right? So I, what's that? Yeah. Pro, how does that differentiate?
2: Yeah. So that's um that's my passion project. Nice. After my first cohort, my graduates did not want it to end. And they're like, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what's next? But I'm an edu- I have a, a career rooted in education, right? Although I've been an administrator at a high level, what I've always worked in is health and wellness education and fitness education and presenter and all the things. So I created the wellness academy as my passion project. The essence of it is to Open up the world of a fit pro to get the latest and greatest education from thought leaders in our industries and to do it at a very cost effective manner. So you don't have to go to a major convention and spend $3,000, like John said, to stay up to speed with the latest education. So the Wellness Academy is that. I have 12 guest speakers, one a week, a different speaker each week with a different topic. We meet on Thursdays at 1 p.m. It's a sprint. It's 30 minutes, and it's amazing. And this winter session that's starting Thursday, February 1st, is my best one yet because I met some great speakers at the Medical Fitness Association Conference in Baltimore, and I just went up to them and said, hey, Jenny, will you come speak? So I have someone speaking on Ozempic this session, Parkinson's, Neck. Research on HSAs and FSAs, and what's going on with the FIT Act. Mm-hmm. This one is fire. I'm I'm really proud of this one because oh, and some EVPs are coming. So this one's going to be really good because I have a lot of new speakers, and we have one on pelvic floor health. I finally found someone that that's a tough topic to find speakers. I just found. So that's my passion project. It's it's driven by education.
0: That's awesome. So you mentioned right there, FSAs and HSAs and like all the different elements of a healthcare program. So whether you had your own health insurance and healthcare before or not, whether you've been on a parent or maybe you've just never had it, it is like treacherous trying to figure out what all of these are, the PPO. And then this one has this P like oh. it's so confusing. So I love that you have people that are going to come in and help them understand that. Because you made a great point earlier, part of creating a wellness program is understanding like what you did at the hospitals. You have to understand what options are available to the employees now. And it may be two options. It might be 10 options, right? Depending on where you work. They have a lot of different options to because it's custom for the fit, like the person and their family and such. But you have to understand what that is and what that offers and what the person can do if they choose this plan over this plan and then make sure that what you're offering fits within the plan that they could potentially pick. So, oh, you're speaking my language over here, Debbie. I love that you guys are keeping up with all the new stuff and that your your speakers constantly change. Um, so I love it. And I also love that your courses are CEC approved. So continuing education credits is what that stands for, guys. People ask us all the time, how can I get continuing education? There's tons of it out there. So we're super happy that we can bring your education to our students and help mm-hmm. them get into corporate wellness if that's something mm-hmm. that you're interested in and keep their certifications current. Um. So speaking of Debbie, where can our listeners connect with you and your education? Where can we find that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The best way is just to go straight to my website, www.debbiebellinger.com. It's all out there and uh, definitely connect on social because I, I really am a data. I call myself a data hound, but I'm, if you're with me on LinkedIn or Facebook, you're going to see the latest research articles. Peloton partnering with Apple was one thing that went out this week. The new weight loss medicine that vibrates in your tummy to help you lose weight. Have you seen that one? I'm getting a headache.
0: Wait, what?
2: (laughs) Seriously. So I posted that on LinkedIn. So follow me on LinkedIn or IG or Facebook, wherever you are. But certainly for the content of the classes and dates, times, and all of that, I am running info sessions, which are free. For the master classes in the next two weeks. So just drop into one of those. Go sign up for my newsletter on my website. You'll have all the information. Come hear about it before you spend any money. Make sure it's of interest to you. And of course, if anybody wants a one on one with me, just ping me and I'll meet with you and we can, we can do it in private session too.
0: Love it. Love it. I love that you're offering our our students that opportunity. Thank you so much. We will add all of what you just talked about, including your website linked in the show notes for students that are interested in checking that out. Um, we could have Debbie a whole episode on like new products, I feel every couple of weeks. Um, because yeah, I saw PowerPlate is releasing a a cycle, a bike, an indoor cycle that yeah, John, your face right now. That's exactly what I said when I saw this. And apparently like, it's a thing and it vibrates while you're riding it. And I'm like, what is the point of that? <laughs> but mm-hmm. no dig, because I love power I own two of them, but for real, yeah. for real, like we could have like a whole what the what kind of conversation <laughs> about you, you all You invite
2: stuff. me anytime, I'll be That's, right over.
0: <laughs> let's talk about it, Debbie. I love this. Well, I love you already. You are phenomenal. Thank you oh, so thank much you. for joining us today.
2: You're so welcome. I'm I'm really appreciative of the invite and it's nice to meet more rock stars. I like that too.
0: Love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. But John, <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts or last words for our listeners today?
1: I do. You know, uh, during these conversations, I usually try to think about what's what's kind of sticking out to me. And, and to me, opportunity is the word that it, that is kind of sticking out. Like I said earlier, way back when, when I first started Corporate fitness and corporate wellness was this untapped market, and you could probably still argue that that is still the case, except for a few chosen big companies. We need yeah. more of us out there doing this thing, and we we talked to, you. I don't know, thousands of students at this point, you and I, Jenny, and uh, a lot of them are looking for their place in fitness and it's not yeah. always at the gym. They're not always going to open up their own facility and maybe their, their place in fitness and where they can have a lot of reach is through corporate wellness. So I see a, gr- a lot of great opportunity for a lot of you listeners. Here, here. That's exactly
0: what I was going to say, John. A lot of people are looking for, where do I fit in here? And it, it may not be, you said it in our last podcast with uh, Chris and Eric Martinez a little bit ago that um, your first job is not always going to be your dream job. Well, it's okay to start somewhere. It's okay to start anywhere. Right, working for yourself, working in a gym, big gym, small gym, doesn't matter. And realize after a short amount of time, this isn't for me. Well, then what is for you? Maybe explore some other things. But if corporate wellness is where you're at, I love having Miss Debbie on here with us because she's giving you guys all the information that you need as to how you get your foot in the door. And it's not just like, oh, I'm a personal trainer and we're gonna do boot camps, like we talked about earlier. There is so much more that goes into a wellness program aimed at keeping an entire company, big, small, or any anything in between healthy, right? And really making uh, impactful changes and helping people change their behaviors that impact the bottom line for that company. So there's a lot more that goes into it than just, I'm going to offer a weekly boot bootcamp. Um, so I love that there's people out there like you, Debbie, that are using your experience, drawing on that, and then sharing it with other people. Um, so if you guys are interested, I strongly suggest you get into this. Hello. I mean, I told you guys, my master's degree is in human resources. I also am interested in this. So Debbie, we're going to talk.
2: <laughs> Please come join us. Yes. yes. So it'd be Great. I would love that.
0: Yes. So guys go out there, explore again. Your first job is not going to be your dream job, John. I'm going to start using that as a clothing now. Cause that's phenomenal, but go out there and find where you fit, find what works for you in this industry, and then go learn everything you can about it and connect with people who can help you grow. And kind of, uh, as the guy said, you know, cut your time to do it. So I appreciate all of you guys being here. Go back and re-listen to this. Check out Debbie's website. That's again, www.debbiebellandert.com. But thanks for being here, guys. Um, Go out there, do all the things. And above all, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.